All right, everyone, welcome to NIA2X Radio, the voice of the people. We're here broadcasting from Washington, D.C. And, you know, this is the first program for 2023. We're excited and happy that you're here. We hope all of you are safe. We had a wonderful uh, commemoration and observation of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, uh, memory, rather, that took place two days ago all over the country here in Washington, D.C., the most, uh, I'm sorry, the Honorable Reverend Dr. Al Sharpton, along with, guess what, the President of the United States, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Martin Luther King III, his wife, and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s only granddaughter or grandchild, they were all here convening and uh, still pushing forward on civil and human rights uh, for all people, regardless of who you are. This is for everyone. Now, tonight's program is in memory to all young people, mostly adolescents, who made a painful decision to end their own lives. They will not ever be forgotten. Our very special guest is a brave, caring young lady who is here today to share her insight and positive influence. Her name is Patrice Dunn. She's calling in from North Carolina, I believe, and she is here to share with us encouragement and understanding of so many people, and again, young people from all walks of life, who make that decision. And if you're one who is attempting, contemplating, or wondering in any area of making such a painful, dreadful decision, then this show is specifically for you. And uh, again, for the families, uh, our condolences, and we're going to work hard together as a community, as a nation, to see what we can do to stop any type of uh, agreement with oneself to do such a horrendous act. So without further ado, it's my pleasure to welcome Patrice Dunn. Peace to you, sister. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And you're calling from where? I'm calling from um, Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, okay. How was your weather down there today in Raleigh? Oh, it was kind of, um, it was it was a little cloudy, but it was it was it was kind of um, warm. Yeah, here too, it's unseasonably warm for January eighteenth in D.C., but uh, apparently maybe all over the East Coast. But again, welcome, and uh, I hope that you're comfortable. Uh, I didn't tell the audience your talent. Uh, as a poet, uh, you write poetry. Um, how long have you been doing that? 
I've been doing it since the third grade. Um, I went to a talent show, and there was a lady there, and she was reading poems, and I really was infatuated with it. Um, my mom's been a writer my whole life, so also I always wanted to be a writer, but poetry, after seeing the act, poetry kind of um, has been my heart since then. Is it any type of poetry? Uh, does poetry come in different types? I'm, I'm not very educated on poetry at all, but I have noticed that many people really enjoy poetry. So does it come in different styles? I'm guessing there's various styles. Um, there's, um, well, yeah, there's various different styles. Um. I've never, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. What's your style? Me, I kind of just go what comes from the heart and kind of flow with it. Um, I've never actually um, linked it towards a style. Okay, you kind of like what they call freelance. You you feel yes, something, yes. you put pen to paper and do what you do. Uh, what about a rapper? Uh, are you... Would you consider yourself a rapper, or have you considered becoming a rapper? Um, I've considered it, um, but I'm I'm not really into it as much as poetry. Um, they say it's kind of still the same thing. Um, I do put music behind my poetry when I am um, performing, but I've uh-huh. never actually um, sat down and wrapped out in anything. I see. Uh, the spoken word, that, that's that's your passion. Yes, ma'am. Do you have any favorite poets, uh, living or deceased? Um, it's kind of um, Tank and the Bangas is a group that I like to listen to. Tank is a very um, powerful poet herself. Um. I saw her on, I think it was the color shows on YouTube. Yes. Okay. And she's, like I she's fairly new. She's actually, um, I think me and her are around the same age. Okay. And and she has your flavor. Well, I tell yes, you, ma'am. flavor. Because when we heard that poem that night, uh, I think I came and asked you, did you write that? Because that was extremely, it's extremely talented, and we'll all get to hear that poem uh, sometime during the interview. But back to our sensitive subject. Uh, When you're talking about suicide, it's not an easy subject to talk about but it's a necessary subject to talk about as we as a uh, community, a country, a nation in the world look at this challenge and look at this problem and how to begin to approach the problem so that we can begin to heal. So can you take us into... Uh, an experience that you shared with uh, the audience uh, the night I met you 
to let us know uh, exactly what happened, um, and and then we can take it from there. Okay. Oh yes, ma'am. Um. So, I've been going through depression and suicidal thoughts since um. I've been going through the depression since I was a young teenager. Um, my suicidal thoughts didn't become active until after I had my last my last child, my daughter, and um, that would become my first attempt. Um, after that, I had various other attempts. Um, last year, October the 11th, um, I attempted suicide again. Um, which kind of became over. I became overwhelming, not only with the um, loss of a friend to suicide last year, um, which she jumped off a um, bridge. I also took on a lot of things like being a supervisor, being a mother, dealing with homelessness, um, dealing with. Um, other mental illnesses, PTSD, um, chronic anxiety and depression, um, and also being low in um, certain vitamins like vitamin D, low in iron and potassium. Um, I started to become overstressed, overwhelmed, and my body started, I also started to feel weak in my body. So I kind of just one day had enough. Um, I was at work and it seemed like everything I did wasn't going right. Um, a week before I attempted, I had informed, I informed my manager I needed a mental day away from work because something wasn't right, which she talked me into staying into work, which is not her fault. Um, they needed staff. Um, I also informed my family that I felt like driving off a bridge. Um, which my family, they kind of took it seriously, but I don't think a lot of people understand, um, what situations where somebody verbalizes something like that, um, Mm -hmm. that they really truly need help at that moment. Um, because you don't understand what, what might happen, um, which was one of those situations where I was looking for help. I just couldn't get it. Um. So October the 11th, I kind of, I went to work, um, and it just, like, my mind kept racing, and the intrusive thoughts kept happening, which it was, um, like, something just kept saying, you don't need to be here. There's no reason to be here. Your kids, they would be so much better off without you because you're not, you're not able to physically do this by yourself. And if you go, if you pass away and if you die, that some way, like I heard the government, the government would pay the caregivers. So I'm like, maybe if I pass away, if I go and like die, my kids will get a better care. You know, I'm also like, also like just living here, like I'm keep messing up. I'm not doing right. I can't get anything to go the way I needed to go for my kids. And so I took a break. I went home, and I texted my friend, which I'm very grateful for her. 
Um, I text my friend, and I was like, if anything ever was to happen to me, I need you to tell my mom where my credit card information is because she is the only one that I want to have my kids. I don't want anyone else to take my kids because no one else is going to take care of my kids. Um, I sent her a list of all documents and where they would be at. Um, and my friend, I guess some way she knew me really well, and she was like, um, no, something's wrong. What's wrong? And I'm like, no, nothing's wrong. Next thing I know, my mom, the cops, EMS, my roommate are all at my door. Um, and then my roommate and them, they carried me out the house. Um, I spent the night at the hospital, um, at Wake Med Hospital, and then the next day they transferred me um, to Appalachian Hospital, which is out in um, Boone, North Carolina, in the mountains. And I spent a week there where um, they also ran some tests. They... um, changed my medication around. They also um, put me in a case management um, where I actually received help in all areas that I needed. And I'm not just receiving therapy no more. I'm just receiving, I'm receiving therapy. I'm receiving, um, I have a social worker now. I have an um, actual plan. I have a, um, Kate, um, I have a crisis plan. So if anything like that happens again, I have a list of people that knows what to do and who to call. So if anything like that happens again, I won't feel I won't um, feel like I have another option. I know where to go and I know who to contact from now on. You know, Patrice, this is what makes you brave to come on the air to share your story, so that we who have not had that experience, can understand a little deeper. You said so many things, Um, the depression, the lack of nutrition. But one thing before we go into our break, uh, I'm along, I'm with you, and I'm sure others as well, to compliment that friend that recognized, hey, I better reach out, because a lot of people don't. You know, and and your friend proved, F-R-I-E-N-D, a friend uh, for real who said, if I'm wrong, then at at least, uh, you know, they weren't really willing to risk being wrong and reached out, and it certainly helped you uh, do as you needed to do. We're going to go to a quick break. We're going to come right back with our guest, Patrice Dunn, and she is here to help us, encourage us, and to get us to understand better when a person is reaching out for help. You're listening to Nia2x Radio, the voice of the people. I'm Nia2x. We have our guest, Patrice Dunn, and we'll come back in a moment. Don't go anywhere.
Okay, we're not hearing anything at this time. So I want to say that this portion of the program is brought to you by Blitz, Blitz Ananda. Blitz Ananda is the world's greatest jazz violinist. His latest work can be heard right now, titled Trinity3.live. Blitz has been on the music scene in his career over 40 years. He's performed performed with stars such as Barbara Streisand to hip-hop artist Chris Brown and thousands of others. As a jazz violinist, his sound literally relaxes and inspires you in a world that produces too much anxiety and stress. Check him out. His latest work at www.trinity3.live. We're talking about Blitz Ananda. All right, so we are going to go back to our program at this time with Patrice Dunn. And uh, we want to compliment you because you heard the good advice. You heard the good guidance. You listened and you followed it. And now today uh, you're showing your courage, you're showing your heart uh, to help someone else in a crisis as such. I thought it was very interesting that uh, you talked yourself into, or like you put it, you heard voices that were saying, hey, you know, rationale or or trying to make you be rational in the decision because the decision you were making, according to what you're telling us, you were thinking that was the best decision. But I would take it that you know now that it was not. Could you elaborate on how you're feeling about that decision today? Um. Not only afterwards, after, you know, consciously thinking about it, my kids also still will have to live with the fact that I chose to go instead of, like, actually trying to do better for them. Um, Also, my mom, she's getting older, and I want to be able to help her out. I want to be able to be a better daughter for my mom also. Um, and I also got so much stuff to prove to myself. Like, um, at that time I wasn't, I was ready to give up because I felt like I wasn't doing better, but I feel like I need to do better for myself so I can see that I can be better. Um, I have so many things that I wanted to do, like go to college and finish college, um, there was people that told me I wouldn't finish high school, but I finished high school, so I know for a fact that I can go and finish college. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to prove to my kids that I can be a better person and give them the life that they deserve because they also deserve to have a mother and not just a grandmother in their life. And honestly, it's just me and my mom. And, of course, they have aunts and uncles that help out along the way, but me and my mom are their primary support system. Um, they really don't have a side on their dad's side that actually steps in 
and is in their life on a um everyday level. So I realized that my mom would be the only person taking care of them. Um. Also, there's a I I want to be able as um I want to be able to complete what my purpose on Earth is before I go, and I know for a fact that I haven't fully completed it yet because that's why I was feeling incomplete. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, again, um, we commend you on your bravery, your intelligence, because there's always, you know, two sides of life, as you stated. You always have a group of children and even adults that are, you know, trying to put put us down and uh, striving to make gloom in our day. And sometimes it gets to you, and, and most times it doesn't. But you have overcome, and it's like you see the light of understanding. What would you say to an individual uh, that hasn't really already been said? Before we get to that, it sounded like there are factors that lead to that decision with your nutrition not being right, with uh, other outside things not going right, your day is not going right, and then sometimes people think the best way uh, is that way and it's not. So nutrition, how have you learned that nutrition plays a major role in helping the human being feel balanced from your experience? So um, one of the big things um, during um, trying to find a therapist was getting some lab tests. And I used to be like, why do I need to go get blood work for um, for depression? And my doctor explained that sometimes um, we don't have enough uh, vitamins that work are um help that part of our brain where we actually have the um mental illnesses come in we're lacking in something like that like vitamin d um i'm really i really lack a lot of vitamin d um which was you know one of the thing one of the um vitamins that she was saying could be a reason why my depression was so heavy and so built up the way it was is because I um I haven't I haven't seen a doctor since I was pregnant. So she was saying that could be a factor. Also there was um low in iron, low in potassium. Oh. So people just Go ahead, go ahead, young lady. Uh, she was um, prescribed. She prescribed me a lot of medications on like that to help. Can you feel the difference once you uh, started taking the supplements? Could you literally feel a difference in in your outlook of life and your outlook of yourself? Um. Yes. Um, I also I do also take another medication for um depression also, but um 
that didn't come until a little bit afterwards. But I still do feel a difference. Um, I feel healthier. And I, what I think probably also is my um, anxiety also comes from that, from not feeling my best, always feeling like I have, like, about the blackout. Um, I had a lot of blackout spells coming from 11 years old and up. So I'm always feeling anxious that I'm about to, like, blackout somewhere. Um, I've had to have heart monitors to see why I was blacking out. So I feel a lot healthier. I feel a lot more um, confident that I can actually go outside and not get sick or overwhelmed because I don't feel well. You mentioned also that you're interested in college. What would you or what are you studying in college? Or um, I, well, I started off um, two years ago. I actually went to um, Grand Canyon University for um, English and professional, um, well, yeah, professional English. Um, I had to drop out because, once again, I kept getting sick. Um, I ended up having to have an emergency surgery, but I still want to go professional for professional English. But I also want to add psychology in there. Um, I also want to add um, psychology in there also. For um, like I said, I want to help people, and I realize with a nonprofit, um, it's kind of really touchy to help certain people, and when you don't have the money to pay providers for these care. So I wanted to go and get my psychology license so I can um, offer small services of that kind. Yeah, yes, great goals, uh, great inspiration. And we're so happy that, again, your friend um, came through because it sounds like she recognized the signs, she recognized you were completely out of character, and I think you mentioned, and if you didn't, it was certainly a cry for help. What do you tell the audience um, for those that are seeing, uh, maybe hearing, what, what type of behaviors besides the ones you told us about? Is it a change in their appetite? Is it a change that a person would look a little closer to maybe uh, coming to the conclusion that this person is having a mental breakdown, and then what should we do if we if we believe it like your friend did? She didn't. A lot of people see it, and they kind of turn and say, I see it, but no, nah, it's not real. And they live with that decision. But if we see what we believe to be something out of character, small or large, please advise us what to do. Um, yes, ma'am. Um, so I know some signs of, you know, some signs are nesting, um, which I'm a nester myself. Um, nesting, loss of appetite, or even gaining appetite. Uh, increase in appetite. Um, sometimes people get um, real standoffish where they will just shut everybody out. Um, um, sometimes 
it is also a um where people become obsessive with doing certain things um where they feel like they have to like continuously go and like work out or continuously which working out is good but obsessively doing it obsessively drinking excessively partying obsessively um just things like they don't want to be at home or they always want to be at home stuff like that um and i feel like when like people um get to the point where the depression is becoming really bad even before it even gets really bad sometimes a you know being a friend a trusted friend because there's been friends that you know i couldn't trust and actually went back and laughed at it like the things i said um mm. but being a trusted friend to actually take in consideration the person's feelings and you know actually talking to the person and letting them know that you're still there, that you're going to be there, that, you know, and actually standing on your word. Like, if you say that I will wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and talk to you, meaning it. Um, I understand sometimes we're not always going to be available, but also having, you know, resources from your friends. Like, um, I know that the number to the suicide hotline, which they not, they might be busy, but it's nine eight eight, which they lowered it so everybody, you know, it'll be an easy number to remember. But also, um, sometimes trying to get that friend away from being stuck in the house, or sometimes being a friend to go sit with your friend while they clean up. Because I know for me, nesting, I would get to the point where my um my my area where I slept at had became so cluttered and overwhelming my anxiety would like get bad because I know my depression was getting bad I also knew that that's not how I wanted to live um Mm -hmm. sometimes I just needed a friend to come and sit with me while I cleaned up so I can have somebody to talk to Mm -hmm. um and not having a friend available sometimes I couldn't say I have a you know guilty feeling about something or I felt bad about something um there was times where um, I also was afraid to speak on certain things because, like I said, there was friends that I couldn't trust. So, you know, just being a good, trusted friend that somebody could talk to. Um, like my therapist says, like, you can tell me anything and it's, it's going to stay between us two. But if it gets to the point where I feel like your safety is, you know, um, she said, like, if my safety, she feels like my safety is being compromised, she has to call 911, but she won't tell nobody else anything else that I talk about. Yes, indeed. Religion. Excuse me, please. Um, (laughs) Prior to you getting depressed and overwhelmed, were you attending any type of uh, religious services on a regular or, or maybe a program on TV you looked at regularly, calling on God. Uh, how did that work with you, uh, calling on God, mm. or did you call on God? Um, sometimes I I prayed a little bit here and there, but um, with me, when my depression kind of got heavy, I would even shut up the pastor, um, which... 
the first week, well, the week before I actually attempted again, um, my mother had contacted him, and he had contacted me and prayed and had, you know, the church members, they contacted me and stuff. But I don't, um, I think mentally I was shutting them out too. Um, mm-hmm. Where I was to the point where even with, you know, I have this one particular lady in my church, and I really do appreciate her because she, even she has, um, ever since I met her, I don't know, but I feel like she has seen through the depression and stuff, and every time I would come to church, I don't know, sometimes people, like I said, people just need somebody to know they care. She would give me a hug, and she'll make it, you know, her mission to let it known that she see me and mm-hmm. that she, uh, you know, she wanted to talk to me or she, like, loved me. Um, so I, I had a relationship with the church. It just, I shut the, I shut the church out also, which I stopped coming to church. I haven't, um, around that time, I haven't been to church in a very long time. I can't, I think it's been about a year. I see. I see. So, It's really interesting um, because I I, I want to I'm short of just calling you a hero, you know. Uh, you have heroes, um, and I hope that those that are listening, that are contemplating, will uh, get a physical. Like you said, if you can get a physical and find out that you're short in maybe a vitamin or a mineral, or a very necessary uh, um, nutrient that is vital for the human being to to balance. And then without that, and as you stated, vitamin D, most black people in America, most black people uh, are short in vitamin D because, as you know, we get it from the sun. And the generation that, yes, ma'am, that came up behind Mm -hmm. us with video games, with the interaction of, of playing games rather than running up and down the street like I did and like we did in our generation. We were outside every day riding bicycles, skating, uh, and playing games, but the generation behind me, I would say your generation, um, did you come up on video games? Was that the, the big thing? I think they had to stick whatever that game was. Oh. Yeah, um, it wasn't as heavy. Um, as a matter of fact, I think video games was just becoming um, big in, when I was growing up, but my mom was really strict. So we didn't even, we had one game system, but we didn't even get to play it really that much Um, until unless it was, like, a good day. Like, we probably got to play, like, maybe an hour or 30 minutes of a video game, but most of our time was spent outside. Oh, okay. You were outside. Yes, um, ma'am. And uh, playing in the sun? Um. Yes, ma'am. But I didn't... Um. 
I didn't really, I don't know, I didn't really, I, I like to, I tend to kind of stay in the shade area. Um, I was more so, like I said, I always wanted to write, so I always was one of them little dreamers that kind of shielded off to the corner and was doing something else. Got you, got you. Yeah, um, what's happening uh, around the country it's it's really something. It has to be a common denominator of why so many young people, not just young people, but it's like an epidemic of young people. And then when we look at the food supply here in the country, it's been extremely challenged. Challenged. When we look at grapes with no seeds, watermelon no seeds, apples, no seeds, um, and, and all kinds of other foods that are being produced on an economic priority rather than a nutritional priority. We're seeing a lot of things across the board where, again, the generation, maybe two generations behind myself, are really, we're seeing things. Black people didn't have a reputation of, of taking our own lives, but we ate better. We ate more nutritious. What are your thoughts uh, about that? What is, your, what is your thinking of nutrition and it playing a role, if, if it is playing a role in being short, in the diet for uh, all people? Um, I also do think it plays a role because nowadays, you know, as you, as you spoke, like everything is not the same as what we used to get, fresh, actual real fruits and vegetables, which had like the nutrients that we needed, the vitamins that we needed. The, um, everything kind of has like, things to kind of help it grow more faster, which is like chemicals that's not good for our bodies, chemicals that kind of, you know, shut parts of our body down. Um, it also has um, hormones in it that, you know, make us, where we're too, we're developed where we're not ready to develop yet. Um, also, everybody's eating out now also. So you're not getting the vegetables and um home cooked meals that would a home cooked meal will have for you. Uh, that's so true. I mean a lot of uh mothers or what have you, they're working two jobs, they're not coming home cooking that great meal and we as humanity, we're seeing major differences across the board uh when we're not getting those uh, nutrients and other things that have been mentioned. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we are talking to a young lady. Giving us her story of a time in her life that seemed so unbearable that she wanted to end her life. But obviously, 
She did not. She told us that there was a friend that she contacted as she uh, continued to develop this plan, thinking this was the way or the best way for her, and the friend got in contact with uh, her family and others, and from the help that she has received, it has helped her understand that that decision she was contemplating was not a right decision, that she could see a way out of no way. So if you're out there, we want you to hear a poem that Patrice Dunn has written. She has written two poems, and we'd like to share both of those poems with you. Let's take the one that you desire to do first, Patrice, uh, and you have the floor. Okay, um, so I want to start off with Two Rivers to Die because that's one that I wrote personally for my um for myself during that time that I was hurt and um feeling and these are kind of the feelings that I was feeling at the time. Um, it's called To Live or To Die. Um, I hear the judgment behind your eyes, the story you tell, the lies. Your misinformed visions of me because the view is the insides you can't see. My inner thoughts, my pressures, I have faults. Every day I'm in the battle, but every day I hide the battle, but time after time, day after day, depression pulls and lingers me down. Anxiety is you who I have found. Because what would happen to my babies? Do they really need me? I silently pull the trigger, pretend the bullet's released by my fingers. It's a quiet main, it's a quiet pain that controls my mind. It controls the emotion to the mind and the mind. My inner cautious fights me. My mind bangs insults to me. I can't breathe. Here I am struggling. Life hasn't been good to me. Remember my teenage trauma? No one knows, not even my mama. And yet, still, I'm here. Unfortunate events, because if I can tell life, rebirth, Rating me one out of ten. Right before I go, I tell God, forgive me for my sins. And as many times as I tried, I'm still here to no end. I don't understand, but my fear is to live or to die, but I can't even get suicide right. Forgive me, but attack after attack mentally replays me back to back. I feel the pain as I cry on sympathy. Simply no one knows but only me. Throat swollen and discomfort. I just want to stop the hurt. I reached out, but instead you judge me, and all you want to do is benefit from what I succeed. I deal in silence the pain. My silent killer silently screaming, someone heal her. Toxic thoughts fight back in disgust, and the weakness she carries is far than worse. She told the thought of no more her. She feels the emptiness. This must be the cure. Once again, my fears are living to die. I don't know the answer or my final goodbye. I just want to wake up and feel just fine. I want happy thoughts to be just mine. I don't think it's death that I want, but a quiet mind that healed hard, easy, started empty path. One of the happy thoughts, I remember them last. Everyone seems to be unhappy, unhappy in the very person who is me. And all I want to do is figure out why I'm afraid to live and to die. But let me say this again. Throat swollen and discomfort, I just want to stop the hurt. I reached out, but instead you judged me, and all you want to do is benefit from what I succeed. I deal in silence the pain. My silent killer silently screaming, someone heal her. Toxic thoughts fight back in disgust, and the weakness she carries is far than worse. 
She toys the thought of no more her. She feels the emptiness. This must be the cure. Once again, my fears will live to die. I don't know the answer or my final goodbye. I just want to wake up and feel just fine. I want happy thoughts to be just mine. I don't think it's death that I want, but a quiet mind, a healed heart, easy start, and empty past. I want their happy thoughts. I remember them last. Everyone seems to be unhappy. Unhappy in the very person who is me. And all I want to do is figure out why. I'm afraid to live and to die. No one wants to live in discomfort. I just want to stop the hurt. A empty hurt, a broken soul, my loneliness. My mind rumbles a complete mess. Toxic trash, brokenness, a sunken place, I succeed. Depression pulls me down into greed. Mind caressed the feeling of dead, attacking an anxiety invaded by dread. I just want to be at peace. I just want to be at ease. As the pastor says, if all hearts and minds are clear, but what if my heart and my mind is unclear? Do I stay or do I go? And all I want to do is figure out why. I'm afraid to live and to die. I'm so freaking tired of this. I'm awakening in this stress. That was to live and to die. Wow. When did, when, when did you write that? I wrote that. Um, that's an, actually, that's indeed, that's indeed. Hold tight. Hold tight, lady. Uh, I'm going to tell you. Let's find out when you wrote that poem. Um, yes. I wrote it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. No, sorry. Um. January 2021 was another attempt I had. Um, that's when I wrote that one. Um, unfortunately, last year on the same day uh, that I attempted in 2021, somebody actually jumped off a mm. building. So it kind of really, really kind of caused me to start reading it last year. Yes, I see. I see. Wow. Well, that I mean, your talent is is breathless. It was really, really uh, on top. I liked it that day. I, I like it today. It's a lot of talent to be able to express yourself, and then we hearing what you are expressing to us. We can we can understand better when there's chatter in the mind, and uh, you know we, we always miss we're misjudging people when they are telling us what they're hearing or what they're feeling. If we could be a little more sensitive in this day that we live in, and you know we could save a whole lot more being more sensitive, being more kinder. Those those things are important. Most people, you know, go for gangster bad. They do, you know, and especially young people striving to find themselves, uh, find themselves trying to prove to the crowd we did it and, and it goes on. But, you know, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice, and nobody's really talking about just being nice, just being kind. You know, it takes a lot of strength when someone calls you out your name and you're kind to them. I'm not saying that's the case all the time, but we should understand as a humanity the assault on the food 
and then again the repercussions of what we're seeing in our families, what we're seeing uh, when we read the statistics of depression, for an example, or mental health. It's, it's just an epidemic, and we're in it to help each other as our guest, Patrice Dunn, coming here today telling her individual story of what could have happened, and we thank Almighty Allah, God, that it didn't happen and that you are here today to help one, uh, to help, you know what they say, each one help one. If we can just save one, it, uh, they say they, a thousand rejoice in heaven. And this is what we should do. We're into the top of calendar 2023, and we were blessed to come over into this new calendar year. Let now, uh, what they call it, the New Year's resolution, really be profound to go into a different direction of, again, kindness, sensitivity, patience, love, understanding, because we could be a better society. I mean, there, there are things going on. It doesn't matter your religion, your age, your gender. It doesn't matter. There are households that are, you know, feeling this anxiety, and, and it leads to depression. But our guest today, blessed by God himself, to say, hey, you know, get some help, reach out. It's not weakness to get help. It's weakness not to get help. So don't be weak. Uh, was it hard for you, Patrice, uh, to, to admit that, hey, maybe this is not the best way? I think you did allude to that in this interview that you saw uh, the time the person uh, jumped off the bridge, did that really, how did that, should I ask, change your thinking? Um, so when they jumped off the bridge, they kind of, um, it kind of hurt a little bit, um, especially Every now and then I have to go past a couple of these same places where I know somebody might have committed suicide. So sometimes every time I drive past, I have a over, not an overwhelming, but a sense of I kind of wish they didn't do that. Um, I kind of wish that they chose a different situ- a different outlet where they could actually went and talk to somebody. And I even sometimes I kind of wonder what, their family is feeling now um because i know sometimes the family also has to deal with the aftermath of what happened um so i just kind of wish that they chose a different route because there is help out there um and i'm just kind of like i hurt for them a little bit because i know where it was what it felt like before they even chose that way but I just wish that they had found a different outlet to do or a different way to do it or even went to a friend 
And like you said, uh, there is help out here. Well, did you have a number? I think there is a a national number. Uh, would, would you know that number if a person is just uh, feeling so low, feeling so alone, uh, so lost and maybe confused? Is there a number, that, um, a national number that you can share? Um, yes, it's 988. Um, they, that was, the number used to be longer, but they changed it and made it shorter for everybody, but it's now 988. Oh, yeah, you did mention that earlier. So if anyone just needs someone to talk to, 988, you know, pick up your phone and call that number and express yourself because uh, what is your idea of therapy before we go into listening to your other poem? What would you tell us about therapists and therapy uh, for those that, really want help. They just don't know which way or how to get help. Um, I know. I went through various therapists um, before I actually found a good one. Um, And which with me, I know with anxiety, sometimes you feel like you can't complain that the therapist is not helping you the way you need help. Um, Which my therapist that, you know, I have now, she was just like, that's crazy to to be getting help and not be able to get help. So she was like, any time that you're getting help and you know it's not working for you, you can always ask for another therapist, which um, I wish I had known that now. Um, she's such a good person to talk to. Um, I actually have an hour with her, and immediately once I get on the phone with her, which I'm glad I appreciate God for putting somebody in my life that I actually can get comfortable enough to, like, once I, you know, once she picks, like, once, because we do online visits because of my schedule. But once she picks up, I immediately am like, hey, so this is what's been going on, and this right here is tiring me out and such and such and such. And it's not like, you know, what you see on TV where they're like, so how does that make you feel? She'll, you know, she listens, and yes, she does ask, and how does that make you feel, but she also gives advice that, you know, the outside world would not be able to give because they don't know how to give it. Um, I feel like therapy is a good outlet to use, especially for people that don't feel like they have anyone to talk to. All right. I think that was grand advice, as you stated. You may uh, get with the therapist, and you don't feel you're compatible. You don't feel like that therapist uh, understands you. Search for the therapist uh, and until you feel comfortable, like Ms. Dunn is telling us, because they're out there. There are many that may get you, and there's some that will get you better. Let's hear that second poem, and what is the name of your second poem? Oh, okay, for whatever reason, we lost Miss Dunn. Uh, don't know what happened, but just so interesting. Uh, again, it took a lot of courage, and it wasn't a lot that I had to uh, ask her, please, 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 please. 
it came from her heart. Uh, it, it was something she agreed to do this interview uh, from the first time I asked her. It wasn't like she had to think about it. And that's a person that wants to help. That's a person that wants to be a part of what people are going through. Uh, Ms. Dunn, are you back? Yes, I'm back. I'm sorry. That cut me out. Yeah, no problem at all. I was complimenting you and telling people that when we ask you to come that, you know, we didn't have to beg you and, and, and call you back and see your decision. Right away you wanted to come to help. And for those that hear, uh, as the good book says, for those that have ears, you can hear. For those that have eyes, you can see. There is help here from Patrice Dunn coming with the courage and the love. That's the motivating factor, the love for what uh, she feels like her second lease on life, and now she's sharing it. You, you can have it as well. Yes, you, as she said. Pick up that phone, 988. If you're just feeling depressed, you may not be feeling suicidal, but take advantage of someone understanding you because you're profound, you're smart, you're different, and it's okay to be different. So let's hear our second poem at this time. Oh, yes, ma'am. Um, this is called My Suicide Prayer. Um, take the load off my chest and so that I may rest because these demons are pulling and doing what they do best. I can't scream nor shout. I can't even think out loud. I'm tired of crying, and the pain keeps multiplying. 800,000 a year, and people are dying by the same death. How many times and how many people can I say before there's none left? Someone open up a sanctuary for the ones who are weary. Heal the hearts of the jury and hug the hold tight the ones who never felt love before. And take away the hate and the grudge that they hold. May every dark room hold a path or light and place it in their eyes. Forgive them for not believing in themselves and send them help. And love like never before because I send a prayer to the God of the universe, the God of the earth, and for the ones that never made it. I pray that they transcend it safely into the next universe. In heaven, I pray that the burden that they carry way less in the next life gets steady. I wish that. They chose that yesterday. I pray that. Amen. That was my suicide prayer. Now, I'm going to tell you, you know I like that first poem, right? And I did. Yes, ma'am. I think I got me a new favorite this time. I think I got me a new favorite this time, and that's the one that you just read. Yep, that is my number one right now. I mean, to tell you I was feeling it. We're talking about Patrice Dunn, everybody. Patrice Dunn. I mean, she is doing it with your poems, how you have said, look, I'm not going down that road. I'm not going down that road. And began to listen and to hear, uh, you know, better thoughts, better decisions, better choices that uh, began to see, you know, help help you see the light at the end of the tunnel. And as you said, your beautiful, beautiful mother 
and your beautiful, 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 beautiful children. There's so much to live for, and you're really doing it. So if you, again, you know, uh, want to come back to share with the listening audience uh, your poetry, uh, a word of upliftment, it's going to help. This show is going to help someone, if not many. And I thank God that you had the love, the courage, the ambition to want to share with people uh, to, to stop and rethink and reach out. First, 988. I'll let you have the closing words, Patrice Dunn. She's calling in from Raleigh, North Carolina. And again, we're going to invite you back so that you can continue to encourage. And our encouragement saves lives so that we have the opportunity to hear your talent from your poetry. What are your closing remarks? Um, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to be up here and for anybody that may feel like, you know, suicidal or I don't know why I keep saying like, but anybody that feels suicidal or even just feeling depressed that to go get some help and that the the way out is not the way. Um, that finding help and, you know, talking to somebody so that you can get proper help and feel comfortable within yourself afterwards. Right on. Is there more? Oh, no, ma'am. Thank you. But I'll tell you, um, I hope you continue to push and get that degree in psychology because you will be such an asset to helping others, uh, like you said, you walk that bridge, you can help so many. So don't stop. Take your time. Do what is necessary. Enjoy your life. But pursue and get that degree because you're going to do nothing but help save so many others. And when you save one, you save a family. When you save a family, you save a community and the nation. So please. Please continue to push toward getting your degree. How about that? Yes, ma'am. Yes, indeed. Okay, well, we have been listening to our guest, and that is Patrice Dunn. We're here at NEA2X Radio, the voice of the people. We thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for listening as well. We thank you for blitz. Blitz carried us this time uh, with this advertisement, and you know you can get Blitz at www.trinity.3. That's not right. Trinity3.live, and that three is a number. All right, you're listening to Mia2X Radio, the voice of the people, and we're going to come right back with another show here at www.blackonblackunity.com. Yes.